does it actually look like to approach your marriage in a way that's rooted in in worship. I want to just point you to three things that that I think are very, very important and very, very practical. Here's the first thing. If I'm going to love you as I have been called to love you in a way that does produce unity and understanding love, I must worship God as creator. Now here's what this has to do with. This has to do with your hardwiring. I must look at the way you have been constructed and celebrate the work of the Creator. Now, I don't think that always happens in marriage. I think there are many marriages that one of the stresses is we're trying to rise to the throne of Creator and recreate that person in our own image. Recreate that person into somebody that would be easier for us to live with. We are actually hear this unloving toward that person because we're cursing the work of the Creator. Now think about this. There are many things that your husband or wife are that they did not choose to be. They were the choices of the Creator. I mean, do this exercise with me. Look at the noses in this room. Come on, just do it. It's an amazing thing. That how many billions of noses has God made? And He hasn't yet repeated the model. I mean, that the very nose on your wife's face, the very nose on your husband's face, should remind you of the glory of the Creator because your noses don't look alike. And there's all kinds of wisdom in a nose. I don't know if you've, you've thought about this. Imagine if God had positioned our nose upside down. You couldn't go out in the rain. <laughs> Sorry, dear, my nose is full. What if your nose was closer to your armpit? That wouldn't be very nice at all, would it? I mean, you've got to recognize the stunning array of choices of a wise and good and glorious creator that's made this person that is so different from you. That different difference bespeaks His glory. That difference should not be something you denigrate, something that irritates you. It's marvelous that we're different. It's wonderful that we're not the same. We're very, very, very different people. Praise God! Would you love to live in a physical environment that was only a rock? Doesn't a lily look better when it's against dirt and grass and stone? Of course it does. How? 
How boring would life be if it was all a white cloud? There was a, there's an artist who works with light, and he had a, um, a installation in the Metropolitan Museum of Art um, in New York City. And what he did is use shockingly yellow, pungently yellow uh, fluorescent lights that turned everybody who walked through the hallway black and white. You actually look like a black and white photograph. And all of a sudden, everybody looked the same. You couldn't... Uh, it, it just made racial things were leveled out, uh, c colors of clothes were leveled out, and we all walked through the hallway. We felt weird and uncomfortable. It wasn't supposed to be that way. And, and although you were just walking through light, you got the other end of the hallway, you'd go... Whew. It's oppressive to try to force people into... Uh, uniformity. Listen, unity is not the result of sameness. Unity is the result of what you do in the face of difference. Because God created, He invested difference into our world. Some of you are very analytical. At six months, you didn't say, I think when I grow up, I'll be an analytical person. Now let me analyze that. You didn't say that. Some of you are very mechanical. You're good with your hands. You didn't say at two years old, I'm going to be extremely gifted with these appendages at the ends of my arms. Some of you are highly relational. And you didn't look at the catalog, I got mechanical, I got analytical, I got relational. I think I'll go for relational. <laughs> Those are choices that the Creator made. You don't put a person down for those choices. How hurtful it is for me to be blamed for something I didn't choose. Some of you are highly organizational. You think in organizational forms. All of life is just a set of boxes to you. Well, that's not an evil thing. That's just a thing. And it's been created by God. We need those people. You don't put a person down for that. It's hurtful when that happens. You see, those are choices that God made. Uh, your physical body. You know, you wish you had more control over it than you do. Some of us could literally eat the Western Hemisphere and not gain weight. <laughs> Some of us have another problem. I traveled all over the world with David Powelson. Some of you may know him. He's a slim fellow. This man could eat Africa and not gain weight. I drive by a 7-Eleven and I take on pounds. I would like to say publicly, I hate David Paulson. I don't actually uh, at all. He's a dear man. But you understand, those are, those are choices we didn't make. 
And I think in marriage, there's an awful lot of rejection of the choices of the Creator that are hurtful to the unity of the marriage. I was counseling a husband and wife, and the wife was a reader. She was that kind of person. I mean, her pathway through life was through the doorway of books. Her husband was one of those hands-on mechanical people. It drove her crazy that this man didn't read more. She thought he must be a defective human being. And so they would take these road trips, and she would hide a book under the front seat. And as they got to about 65 miles an hour, she'd pull it out and she'd start reading aloud. He was so thankful for that. <laughs> At one point, he'd had enough. And he decided he was going to, when he had an opportunity, he was going to grab the book and throw it out the window. But he didn't want to throw it out his window. And so at this dramatic moment, he, he began, he hit the electric switch and rolled down her window and grabbed that book and threw it out the window. He wanted it to fly by her face as it went out the window. She, she was denigrating a choice this man didn't make. It was who God had wired him to be. I've heard people who who get irritated over the way a person talks, the, even things like the tone of their voice. It's like fingernails scratching on the blackboard. Or the way a person chews. You, you know you all chew differently because your mouth is constructed differently. Now you're going to be very aware of this. The next time you have a meal, you're going to go... <laughs> And stand, I can't believe he chews that way. How can a human being chew that way? <laughs> I want to ask you this question. Are you celebrating the glorious work of the Creator as you look at your husband or your wife? Are you glad for who they are? We're talking now hardwiring that the physical things, the personality things that they did not choose. They were formed by the hand of a glorious, powerful, and wise God. And when he stepped away from those things, he said, it's good. Listen, trying to recreate your husband and wife is as futile as trying to think yourself taller or think yourself shorter. It just won't happen. What it creates is hurt, disrespect, discouragement in a relationship. It is hurtful to be rejected for choices I didn't make. Second, it means I must also worship God as sovereign. This is your story. Turn, if you would, to Acts, Acts 17. Acts 17.
Paul is in Athens. Uh, the philosophers there are discussing this statue to the unknown God and uh, Paul wants them to know that there's a, this God, there is a God that you can actually know. Verse 24. The God who made the world and everything in it is Lord of heaven and earth and does not live in temples built by hands. And he's not served by human hands as if he needed anything because he himself gives all men life and breath and everything else. From one man he made every nation of men that they should inhabit the whole earth and he determined the time set for them and the exact places where they should live. God did this so that men would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him though he is not far from each one of us for in him we live and move and have our being as some of your own poets have said we are his offspring. Notice verse 26. From one man he made every nation of men that they should inhabit the whole earth and he determined the times set for them and the exact places where they should live. I don't know if you have realized this or not, but your, your life doesn't work according to your plan. Last week didn't work according to your plan. Yesterday didn't work according to your plan. From the look of some of you, this morning <laughs> didn't work according to your plan. You are not writing your own story. Your story has been written by another. Think about this. Fifteen years ago, it would have been absolutely impossible for you to write yourself into this room. So there's somebody who is carefully writing every detail of your story. You are actually not married to who you are married to because you authored that relationship. Sorry. That relationship was authored by another. I mean, think about my marriage. How could it ever be that Paul Tripp from Toledo, Ohio could ever be married to Luella who is from Placetas, Cuba. Think of all of the myriad, the millions of little details, little choices, little situations and location things that would have to fall in place for us actually to meet at the moment we met. That's all the glorious, wise, mind-boggling plan of God. God planned that at a certain day at college, we would be in the line next to one another. For me, it was love at first sight. For Luella, it was first sight. <laughs> I'll never, I gotta tell you this, I'll never forget the first time I ventured to tell her that I loved her. <laughs> Our, our dating went this way. 
the very first date we had, she told me never to ask her out on a date again. That's sort of a good start. Uh, she had been through a relationship, and she had been very hurt by the relationship, and she didn't want to be involved with somebody. But she enjoyed my company, and so... I asked her the second time, and she said, don't ever ask me again. I'll go out one more time with you. Well, we repeated this over and over again. <laughs> Finally, I, I thought that I surely must be deeply, fully in love with this woman. I was the deeply mature age of 17. And so I waited for that right moment uh, to tell her that I loved her. I was expecting to hear violins, to hear birds sing. I looked in her eyes and I said, Luella, I love you. She said, What? You love me? What in the world do you know about love? How dare you say that to me? I don't want you to ever say that to me again. I heard birds dying. <laughs> Violins breaking. <laughs> now, very, very different people. Very, very different experiences. Brought together by a plan neither one of us could have written. And God knew all of the cultural influences, all of the relational influences that would form the kind of instincts and the kind of approach that we have to life as, as human beings. I mean, think of how different that the cultural things were there in Cuba from Toledo, Ohio. Think now, as we come to marriage, I'm not, I'm not coming just alone. I'm dragging all of those cultural influences, all of those relational influences with me. Luella is dragging all of those cultural influences, all of those relational influences with her. And, and that's going to create a mix that gives God glory and it is for our good. Listen. The house you live in should not look like one of you. It should look like a glorious mix of both of you. You don't love a person by denigrating and negating their story. God knew that you would marry somebody who has a different way of looking at money. A different definition of beauty. Different thoughts about your everyday cuisine. A different way of approaching vacations. I'll never forget the first vacation that Luella and I had. I told you about my dad. My dad was a real time-oriented person. And so he thought the way to take a vacation was to see as much as you could possibly see in the area that you were going to go. And this was in the days before websites, so my, my dad would collect all the brochures of everything possible that you could ever see, and he would lay out a, an exhausting schedule of vacation delights. Well, that I was raised with those kind of vacations. I thought that was normal vacation. You stay busy from early in the morning till late at night, you go home from vacation exhausted. That means a good vacation. <laughs> Vacations are not meant to be relaxing. Vacations are conquests. 
You approach vacation like Magellan. That's vacations. Gorilla's tradition was vacations are meant for rest. You have breakfast at 1 a.m. You know, you just, you just, that's the way you approach the day. You get up very late and you don't do a whole lot and perhaps you'll visit something. Uh, so, we're on our very first, first vacation. I had collected the brochures. I hadn't told her all of this because I didn't think I needed to tell her because surely she would understand what vacations are about. <laughs> the very first morning, we arrived where we are going to do it at night. We went to bed together. The very first morning, we woke. I woke her up at 6.30 in the morning. <laughs> if looks could kill, I would not be with you. Now, listen. Everybody in this room has dealt with that kind of difficulty. The difficulty of expectations. The difficulty of assumptions. The difficulty of your cultural instincts. And one of the beautiful things that a marriage does is a marriage forces you to see your world more fully. It forces you to experience things you wouldn't normally experience. It forces you to eat things that you've never eaten, to go places that you ne never would have gone, to do things that you never would have done. That's all part of the plan of God. And so I'm not intimidated by that. I'm not angry with that. I don't push back against that. I'm not trying to destroy your history and destroy your culture and destroy your instincts. I want to celebrate those and I want our relationship to be this wonderful mix of what both of us have brought to this relationship by the plan of God. I mean, it's amazing to me how my life has been utterly enhanced by what Luella has brought to me. I am a changed man. I love things that I wouldn't have loved. I enjoy doing things that I didn't even know existed. I ate things that I wouldn't have eaten. I have a view of beauty that I wouldn't have had without her. I've learned things about relationships that I, I wouldn't have known. Uh, for example, in, in my family, there was no silence. Trips don't understand silence. Luella understands silence. I've, I've learned to enjoy quiet moments. And I love those moments. I didn't know they existed. You see, that's the way it should be. It should be enhancement and betterment that leads you even to worship God more fully because you see your world more fully than you would have without that person. Listen, there are husbands in this room that have denigrated the story of their wives and their instincts and their tastes name them as being wrong because they're not like theirs. There are wives in this room that have subtly mocked the instincts of their husband because they're different than their own. Listen, when you do that, your problem isn't your husband. 
Your problem isn't your wife. Your problem is a sovereign God who made those choices. Because He wrote the story. Your wife didn't write her story. Your husband didn't write his story. God wrote that story. He wrote it for His glory and for our good.